This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Habitat Podcast, where we are here to become better habitat managers. I'm your host, as always, Jared Van Hees, and thanks everybody for tuning in. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the podcast and to tag along. Uh, this week, it is early November. I just had four days in the woods on my property, and also a friend of mine, Sam, arrowed a great Illinois buck. So we're going to get him on here for a game plan episode. We're going to talk about how to get aggressive during the rut, hunt your sanctuary. You know, it's the only time of year you might want to do that, but now's the time. What a sanctuary might look like in terms of bedding, cover, etc. Maybe how you can find a sanctuary earlier in the year after some winter scouting. And, uh, you know, just, just talk about Sam's game plan on how he killed this great big 200 pound buck so you know stick with us i want to thank our sponsors next i want to thank nick nation at nation's creations he is the owner and inventor of the habitat hook that's one of our newest sponsors uh also lincoln roan at the packer max line of cultipackers check them out online just google packer max cultipacker you'll see those coming up Guys, both the Habitat Hook and the Cult of Packers are great uh, holiday gift ideas. You know, hey, wifey poo, you, m- you mind buying me one of these for Christmas? I mean, who knows? I, uh, I've sent that to a few of my buddies so far, and, and they thought it was a great idea. So keep that in mind. They're great companies, great guys, more importantly, that are just, you know, trying to grind it like the rest of us. So... Check them out, packermax.com, nationscreations.net. Guys, let's get into the 
Habitat Podcast Game Plan episode here with Sam Carroza of Illinois. Welcome back, everybody. Another Game Plan episode. I am here with my friend Sam Carroza out of Illinois. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you, Jared? Good, good. Thanks for hopping on here. I, I appreciate, appreciate your time. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Now, you, my friend, had a good weekend from the text messages I was reading. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's not very often that a plan comes together, so we got to celebrate <laughs> when it does, you know? Amen. Amen, yeah. I, I, I cracked a, a fresh bush light for you, so. There you go. We're celebrating. I'm, I'm drinking as well, but it's not a bush light, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Brian uh, would be disappointed to hear that. <laughs> so would Al, but, uh, you know, that's okay. I know. Sorry, guys. Most people have better standards than that. <laughs> well, you know what we're going to do here. You've been listening to the podcast long enough. Um, yep. I wanted to get you on. You shot a heck of a buck in Illinois, and, I mean, we were out texting over the weekend, telling each other about what we're seeing, and it was it was awesome. It was fun, except you were more successful than I, which is which is great. So Yeah, it was a perfect weekend for us to be texting. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Not very often that works, like I said, so yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, and you called it. You said, Jared, schedule your Monday night. We're doing a game plan episode. I'm like, <laughs> okay, man. Sure well, I thought, it was, I thought it was going to be—I thought it was going to be a deer that was about five years older, but hey, I'll take this four-year-old. So, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, know, we'll save that one for another episode, I guess. Uh, hey, if you shoot Eeyore, yep. you get back on here for sure. Yes, sir, you got it. Well, let's let's start us off since we haven't had John here before. We haven't heard about your farm. We don't know where you're at. Um, go ahead and paint the picture of who you are, your farm, etc. You know, love to hear more about you, and and so does the listeners. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, it's uh, my name's Sam Carosa. I live not too far out of Chicago, actually, so I'm kind of a city slicker. Um, but you know, every chance I get during the weekend, I'm <laughs> I'm headed out to uh, the country somewhere. So yeah, just like a lot of people, bills, buddy. You got to pay the bills. Yep, exactly. You got to work in the city and, and play in the country is what, what my philosophy is. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, you know, just like a lot of people, I started hunting with with my dad when I was you know eight. He was carrying me on his back through swamps and duck hunting and all that stuff. So got to got to start pretty early. Um, wasn't long before he was dragging me up into deer stands and started out thinking that was way more boring than, than duck hunting, but little did I know I was going to fall in love with it. So, um, you know, hunted family land for, for many years. Um, you know, that kind of got tricky with, you know, we wanted to do some habitat management and uh, you never know what, what's going to happen. Somebody's going to be chainsaw on a tree down when you get to the property and kind of ruin your weekend. So, um, in 2012, my dad and I purchased about 170 acres in West Central Illinois. So it's north of all that Golden Triangle that you hear so much about, the Pike and all that. Um, okay. But it's about 10 miles off the Mississippi River. Oh. So it's in a really great area. Um, like I said, 170 acres. Uh, you know, 30 of that that place is tillable. About 20 is in CRP. Um, the balance is in, you know, pretty heavy ravines. So not the best, uh, timber to drag deer out of, I'll tell you that much. So, um, <laughs> so you have some topography there. It's not just, we flat. have a lot of, topo- well, it's flat up top and then it drops down pretty significantly into the timber. So, okay. um, but yeah, we're, we're basically in about a, a thousand acre island of cover and we're surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of tillable. So, um, we're in a good spot, but, you know, we're not seeing the huge amount of deer like Pike County is, but we've got some, some good ones in our area. So, um, great. and the, the, the previous owner did a lot of great work for us. Uh, he actually still owns 80 acres 
adjoining uh, to our property and lives on that 80 acres. Um, but he got a set up, had the property set up in a lot of good uh, government programs and stuff like that that we're taking advantage of now. So, um, you know, cool. we saw all the trail cameras that this guy was this guy was touting when, when he was going to sell this property, and it, they're just monsters, you know, 170, 180-inch deer. And we said, well, what if we get in there and put food plots in? It's going to be unbelievable. So we, we ended up buying the property in 2012, like I said. Um, you know, now the property, you know, we have probably two to three acres and food plots that we break up into four or five different plots. Uh, we've done hinge cutting projects. We've done controlled burns on CRP We've put in a couple apple orchards that are still pretty young, so we felt like we were doing everything right, you know, based off of what we're hearing and everything. Um, but there is three of us hunting it, so it's me, my dad, and my good buddy that helps me with all our habitat projects, and I've been hunting with them since high school. So we hunt the place pretty darn hard. You know, we've been going out about every weekend in the fall the last five years. So it gets hunted pretty hard. Um, so that kind of goes into a change that we decided to make, you know, we weren't quite seeing the deer that we were hoping to see. You know, we, like I said, we saw all these trail cam pictures of monsters before we bought the place. And, um, okay. And then what were you seeing like the last five years? Um, would you say, or maybe, yeah, like since you bought it and, and yeah. from then on, what have you guys been shooting and, and seeing and, and how is it, how was it compared to the trail camera pictures that the seller was showing and whatnot? You know, it was, we would still get pictures of great deer, and we still do. I mean, don't no doubt about it. We get pictures of, you know, 150. We got a couple pictures of 170 a couple years back, and wow, so there's cool. big deer around. But it's all nocturnal. You know, I feel like we were seeing a lot of nighttime activity, uh, which suggested to me that they were betting on other properties and kind of just running on us. So we did have some some success. You know, I shot a 156 a couple years back. Nice. Um, yeah, so some good deer off there for sure. Um, but like I said, for how hard we hunt that place, we, we just felt like we weren't getting enough out of it. So, um, you know, we, we kind of fell in the trap of the TV hunting industry dream, I guess I would say, you know, I, I grew up watching juries and Likoski still watch those guys every week and they sit on, you know, gorgeous food plots and have 20 deer in front of them. Well, I sit over gorgeous food plots and see a spike and a, a fawn, you know, so a <laughs> little different. Uh, that's, that's. Lala land. You know? I can commiserate with you here in Michigan all day long. So. Yep. Yep. So I'd say after last year, you know, we, we've had 15 stands up and most of them are right on edges or right on food plots or, you know, a couple in the timber, not, but not a whole lot. But we really looked at ourselves and said, what are we doing wrong here? We're missing out on all this activity. We felt like the rut passes us by every single year um, without seeing much chasing or activity. So we made the conscious decision going into 2018 to uh, to get a little bit more aggressive, and I think that's okay. that's the reason that you know I shot this buck actually. So, um, all know. right, and ex- explain what you mean by by getting more aggressive. I mean, yeah, you, you hear certain styles of hunters who who like to stay out and hunt the edges and the fringes and then move in, or depending on the size of the property, like. Like my 15, you almost always stay on the edges. Um, it's not that big, so it's really, right. it's really you, you dive in, you kind of, uh, I don't know, flip the lights on, alert everybody you're there kind of thing. Um, yep. So what exactly does that mean for you guys, and uh, and what what triggered you to do that? I mean, you said yeah. some of well, the past history, but what else was like, 
what was the green light that you're like, oh, okay, we're going there. Right. Like, well, you know, I mean, when we bought the place, we, we first thing we did was establish a couple sanctuaries. Okay. And that's a, that's a term you read about, you hear about, and everybody says, stay out of your sanctuary, stay out of your sanctuary. So we did. Um, you know, and we'd go in there once a year, and we would shed hunt, and we'd just see scrape after scrape after scrape and rubs, and oh, my gosh, it was covered in deer, deer signs. So, um, More so than know, the rest of your farm. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's where they're spending their time. That's where they're betting. And, you know, we always walk through there and we say, this is where they are when, when they're rutting. And no wonder we never see them on the food plots. They're, they're chasing does in through here. You know, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a yeah. no-brainer. Um, and, and this particular sanctuary that I ended up hunting this past weekend is, is beautiful. It's a 12-acre sanctuary that has a 10-acre ravine right next to it that's as thick as it can be. Um, and actually, the ten, the twelve acres. I'm sorry, is the previous owner had a tillable field that about 15 years ago he signed that up for the CREP program, the CREP program, and they went in, they planted thousands of young oak trees oh, to wow. repopulate the forest. So when we bought it, it was no trees that you could hang a stand on at all. But all these trees were 10 feet tall. You can't really see through them. There's conifers mixed in. It was just, it's it's the definition of bedding area. Yeah, it's you know. Money. Yeah, so um, we had put a, a stand on the south end of it, maybe 50 yards in. We put a little clover strip into it. We figured we'll just wait for them to come out. Well, big boys don't really come out, to be too honest, too, yeah. too much, to be honest. So yeah. um, when we were shed hunting, we found a spot. Um, you know, it was one single tree in an opening, and the entire perimeter of this tree was a scrape. So it was the hub scrape. You know, there's wow. two, two highways crossing right there. And we said we got to be in shooting distance of that scrape. Um, so this this stand is probably 150 yards into our sanctuary. So not a t- you know not a we're not diving into the exact middle of it or anything, but we're trying to pick our spots and be smart about it. Um, we went in with a ladder stand right away, cleared shooting lanes, tacked it on the way out, and we mowed a path right to the stand. And so, what time of year did you do that at? So we hung the stand in. May, March and April, I'd say, oh, wow, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. We got we got into it pretty quickly, and then we um, mowed that path when we were mowing our clover. So I think that was probably May or June, somewhere in there. And that's just your access path to to be it quiet is, yeah. and, and scent free type thing. Right. Well, honestly, I didn't I didn't know if we were going to be able to find the stand. You know, you're walking through stuff where you can only see ten yards in front of you. Gotcha. Um. So we said we need to make this easy to get in, easy to get out, tack it, so we never have to you know, stumble around in this bedding area. I like it. Okay. So, um, the stage was set. We got it. We, we had another, uh, ladder stand in a different sanctuary, which we did not get to hunt last weekend. So I may dig, uh, dive in there this weekend and hopefully get some better, get some, uh, good results as well. But, nice. um, yeah, so we got one more, um, and we're calling that stand the depths of hell. So that tells you <laughs> exactly how, how thick that is and how nasty that one is. But, um, so anyways, you know, fast forward to the weekend, we we were excited to, uh, you know, we stayed out of this stand all season, haven't been in there since May or June. Um, so I decided that Friday evening, I, I got out of work early, headed up to the farm, jumped in that stand, and it was supposed to be an east wind, which is, would have been perfect for this spot. And sure enough, halfway through the sit, starts to rain, wind switches out of the west, I'm sitting there like, you know, you think about the magical first time in, and here I'm sitting, the wind is blowing right into the ravine, right into the sanctuary, and I'm like, yo, boy, screw yeah, this one up. The, night, the nightmare. 
Yeah, so um, ended up seeing a spike come through, and then uh, one of our wack, wacky racked three-year-olds that we're going to give another year, and hopefully he figures himself out his rack-wise because he looks like a mess, but uh, came chasing two does through there. Um, oh, nice. You know. Yeah, so, so that's a good sign, then. You know, things it, are, was, it was a good side. I mean, it's looking good. They came, they came right through the the funnel like they should, right past that scrape tree. All four of them were within twenty yards. So I figured, you know, let's try this again. So okay, um, and before you try this again, what what made you jump in there this specific weekend? And well, and we're we, talking about two days ago, so or three days right. ago. So yeah, this was November second and November third that I hunted it. So you know, this is the time of the year that's the bucks should be up. They should be looking for that first doe. Um, this is all running through my head. You know, um, the weather was pretty decent. It was it was starting to get cooler. Nothing like what's coming this weekend. So I'm really excited for this weekend. But, yeah. um, you know, I just figured we don't want to let this rut pass us by. You know, we only really get two weekends. You know, we're, we work full time, so we're getting four hunts a weekend if we're lucky. Um, we don't want to let this pass us by without getting into our spots. So I like it. Okay. So we decided to go back. I decided to go back in that Saturday morning, and it had rained overnight. So I thought it was perfect. You know, I didn't even think about this till I'm walking in, but I was able to walk in completely silent. Um, I know I got in there without bumping the deer, and, uh, you know, I didn't even have to turn my flashlight on because there was enough moonlight. So I got in, felt felt great about the sit. Um, got in there. It's dark. I get set up. Sure enough, five minutes later, I see a buck, nose to the ground, 10 yards to my left, right where he's supposed to be wow. looking for a doe. So I know I got in there clean. Um, felt great about about everything going forward. So um, got light, been about 40 minutes or so. And so I looking in my stand, you've got all the action should be to my left, which was designed, you know, that's easier for a right-handed bow shooter yeah. to shoot that way. You've got those that hub scrape that I talked about 20 yards away. You've got those two highways running, uh, intersecting at that hub scrape 20 yards away. And at 7:45, 45 minutes after I get up there, I hear a big commotion on the trail that I walked in, and I'm I'm thinking uh, that's not good. You know, it's off to my right. So I stand up right away, get my bow, get positioned to shoot to my right, and I hear a buck working a scrape, and I just get a flash of antler. You know, it's so thick in there that I could barely see. And I see a flash of antler, and I know that it's a good good buck. So in my head, I'm thinking I'm shooting. Um, so I get ready. This all happens so fast. It happened in a matter of 10 seconds at the most. Uh, he's coming past the cedar tree. I draw back. He steps out at about 17 yards. And, you know, I'm not looking at the rack at this point. I'm just looking at the body, and I'm, I'm trying to pick a spot, and I just see it's a big, mature front half of a deer. You know, nice. I knew this is not a – not a two-year-old, not a three-year-old. This is a mature deer. Um, he got to quartering two. He's sniffing the trail and let him have it. And I hit him absolutely perfect on the entry hole. I knew he was quartering two, but I knew I hit him good. And he takes off trotting. And I, every step I hear him breathing coming out of his entry hole. You know, so I knew I hit long. Really? So I'm, hear, I'm hearing, you know, it sounds like a breast coming out of his entry hole, which I had never heard before, but that was wow. extremely cool. So I've never heard that a, either. No, and it's it's a builds your confidence because you know you blew out one lung at least. You know? Wow, cool. So knew he was a goner. Um, he trotted off about 30, 40 yards and uh, lost sight of him, and so I'm sitting there celebrating and 
doing my little fist pumps and <laughs> sit down and <laughs> and uh, yeah, buddy. Just then I heard his last gasp of air, and he didn't go much farther at all. So you I heard that I, too? I wow. Yeah, yeah, I heard the last breath. You know, it was about ten seconds after I would lost track of him. So I knew he was down for sure. So then I'm sitting there. Wow, nice yeah, shot. Thank you, thank you. And sitting there, and I'm starting to think, who the heck was that deer? And why did I not get a better look at him? <laughs> uh, you know, we run six or seven trail cameras from June to July or June to January. I'm sorry, and I couldn't recognize this deer for the life of me. So I'm sitting down now. Now the second guessing begins. What did I just shoot? Um, yeah, was was mature? What you know? Yeah, so. some two year older. You know, right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, you had like ten seconds. Yeah, and it all, from the time I first heard him to the time I hit him was probably. 10 to 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's the rut. You're excited beyond, yep. you know, beyond belief and just, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So, um, you know, now I'm starting to go through my head. What, who did I shoot? But anyways, <laughs> I, I sat down and just decided to enjoy the rest of the, the morning. And, you know, the texting began. That's when I started texting you and Al. And oh, yeah. my dad and my buddy Anthony were hunting as well. So kind of gave them some time to try to enjoy the, the morning as well. Um yeah, we God. were pushing you for pictures, and you're like, no, nah, I'm trying to let, let the other guys at least hunt half their morning. Yeah. And we're well, like, come on, it's only been 45 minutes, but, yeah. you know, got <laughs> to try and be patient. So, Okay, um, so, so then a, what? At about, I'd say 9 o'clock, uh, you know, texting with my dad, and he said, all right, I'm about done. I'm going to go see what the steer is. So I get down and check the arrow, and it's the most blood-soaked arrow I've ever seen. Wow. You know, usually when I walk up to an arrow, I don't know if you're, you're similar you walk up and you say, oh, boy, you know, this could be a tough one. So yeah. uh, when I walked up and see it coated from front to back in bright red blood, I, I knew we were in the chips. So um, I backed out. I went back to the trucks and got my dad and Anthony, and um, we we went right back and started the blood trail, and he was laying 50 yards 50 yards from where I'd hit him. So it's, that goes to show how thick that bedding area was, that I could not see him go down, and he was within 50 yards. Oh, wow. And you didn't hear him either. So, I mean. I didn't hear him. I, I saw him run off and he stopped and I thought he was going to, you know, topple over like they do. And he, he must have taken five more steps in the cover and, and then toppled over. So, okay. And so, yeah, then, where'd you hit him? So entry was perfect. Exit was maybe middle of the body, a little low. Um, so, I mean, couldn't have asked for a better hit. I mean, nice. I, of course, I would have I preferred to have him perfectly broadside, but. Um, it was effective. It was effective, yes. Very yes, nice. and quarter, quartering two, so of course I had a messy gut job, but that's part of the deal. Yeah, uh, yep, I've done that before. Um, <laughs> now, what what do you look like? What ha- describe the buck when you walked up on him. So he was a mainframe eight pointer, wide, pretty massive buck, um, big old body on him. We we later weighed him when he was field dressed, and he was at two o two. So nice. we feel like his live weight would. Had to be about 235, 240, somewhere in there. Um, you know, he probably will score in the 130s, low 130s, something like that. But it's one of those that's, you know, a big, massive, mature one. So scoring doesn't matter all that much, you know. Nope. That's a very respectable buck, Sam. Congrats, yep. buddy. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great deer. Great deer. Yeah, and for those uh, who are listening, we'll put the picture up online so you can see Sam's buck. Um I was lucky enough to to get a text over the weekend and saw it. It's, I mean, 
that deer walks by me in Illinois or Michigan, it's getting an arrow, buddy. So no, yeah, he was no, no doubt. No, no, uh, it's one of those you walk up and you have no regrets at all. So pretty yeah, good about him. I mean, 200 pounds dress. Uh, how old do you think yes. that deer was? I mean, I'm not I that great, but okay. Yeah, I think he was four. Okay, cool. Um, and again, it's a buck we don't have any pictures of. You know, we were hunting the edge of our property. I showed you the picture of our aerial. Uh, so he definitely was a roamer off of, off of the property of the West, which is always nice to shoot somebody else's deer too. So You know, it's funny <laughs> you say that because I was talking to my friend Jake today, and he literally said, he sends me this picture, I'm going to shoot this big nine point. And I said, why that one? You have bigger deer on camera. You know, what, what's it about that one that you like? And I said, well, it's, you know, it's a roamer. It came in, it comes once a year, and I've had it on camera the last couple of years, and I can let all my other ones grow another year. So I yep, shoot this exactly. One. Although on the other side said of the that same page, thing. It's your, hilarious. All your deer are probably out on somebody else's farm rutting, so good give and take. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing you can do about that. That's yep. for sure. Take what you can get, then, right? Yeah, no, that's awesome, Sam. Heck of a buck, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So now to the business side of this. You shot this buck after getting aggressive. Yes. That's your main reason, your main game plan, as we talked about. Is that the only reason you think you're successful here, or is that the main reason, or what else do you have to say about that? I'd say that's the main that? reason. I mean, the, the two new stands we put up, I'm excited to get into the other one as well. Uh, that's on the other side of the property that's in a deep ravine that's a, a sanctuary that we had left alone for a while as well. So um, those two spots, I mean, they've been areas that we've just been scared to go into because we were scared of – Scare, spooking these bucks or spooking these does out and, and, you know, really hurting ourselves, shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, but, you know, after five years of being kind of disappointed, we, we said that we were tired of feeling like we missed out on the rut. So, yeah, uh, yep. you know, it, we, I, I, by no means do I say go into the sanctuary more often than you need to. Uh, you know, the sanctuary is good because you leave it alone, you know, 50 weeks out of the year and you go, go in there during the first two weeks of November and, and make it count. So um, I just, you know, would say don't be don't be scared of going into your sanctuary or, or planning a hunt in your sanctuary. As long as you're careful, as long as you don't overdo it, I think, you know, that's that's the reason I killed them. So. Yep, and as long as the time is right, right? Right, exactly. Wait till November 3rd. Actually, November 3rd was the day I shot this buck. November 3rd, five years ago, was the last bow buck I killed. So something about that day. Is my lucky day. So yes, yes, very much so. I I sat November third and saw one deer. So <laughs> well, how about the second? You did well on the second. Yeah, I did see. Yeah, I did see more on the second. We'll have to get into that here in a minute. Um, yeah. And what do you think that buck was doing? So, I mean, it's it's the rut. He's cruising, looking for does. But were you near food? Was he in between uh, food and bedding? Were there does in here as well? Are uh, there acorns in here? What makes this such a good bedding area? What do you think he was doing? Well, the bedding area is all about seclusion. It's all about safety, security. Um, if you ever walk this place, and I'll try and take some pictures for you guys, but, I mean, uh, you just can't see anywhere in this place. And it's 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 very it. unique because um, they can still get through there easily, but they cannot be seen if they don't want to be seen. Um, and he was actually coming downwind, just like they all say they will be, you know, came downwind of the bedding area, which is why he kind of came up my backside there uh, and snuck up on me. So if he would have taken about 10 more steps, he probably would have got my wind. But um, 
got an arrow in him beforehand. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, stuff that you hear everybody in the world tell you, you know, hunt down the side of bedding areas. So that was it. I mean, there's not much food in that direct area. There's, there's a five acre cornfield about 300 yards away. Um, a lot of those young oaks are starting to produce acorns, but I think most of those are gobbled up by now. Um, I did shoot a doe that was jumping on acorns and, and the edge of that sanctuary early in October and they were, they were hammering it. So, um, but I think by now acorns are pretty much out of the picture. So. Okay. And is that the thickest area on your farm? I would say so. Yeah. Um, you know, 12 acres of, of really thick, nasty bedding area. Like I said, there's a ravine that's connected to it. That's about 10 acres. That's, you know, all these ravines are, are thick once you get to the bottom. You know, they, they're yeah. tough to walk through once you get to the bottom. And it's, you know, we actually have one stand that we have to use a rapple rope <laughs> to get down. We kind of, you know, we tied a rope to a tree, and we it, it's so so uh, steep that we have to have a rope to get ourselves down, which is pretty intense, but it's also kind of fun. So <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of like a little rope ladder. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's – up there with the thickest part of the farm for sure. Okay. Yeah, the only reason I asked, um, for your listeners who may not know exactly what bedding looks like or, or where to start, or maybe you're on public land uh, right now, I know for for me when I first started, uh, especially on public land, I would just find the thickest area I could and, and set up on the downwind side or even in it somewhere along an opening or some nice trails. Um, I'm just trying yeah, to break it down does. real real simple, like literally find the thickest stuff you can find and sit by it and see what you see. Um, that got me started in a very good direction a few years back, especially on public land uh, for for trying to find where these deer are. You know, they've, they've been hunted all October. They had a little pressure. Um the ruts on now, the does are in the thick stuff from the pressure, and, you know, the bucks are where the does are, so. Yep, it's kind of just the nail on the head there. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it makes sense, and even on, on your larger farm, um, you know, you, they're in the thick, they're in the bedding, and if I could just give any any person one piece of advice, it'd be find that thick area and, uh, you know, take Sam's game plan, get aggressive, and get in there. So, yeah, I think November's the time to hunt cover, I mean, you can sit on food plots in October and December when they're in, we're in feeding patterns, but right. October, it's all about the ladies. So. Right, right. I'm sorry, November, it's all about the ladies. Oh, yeah, yep. Yep. Well, that leads me to, um, well, first of all, congrats again, Sam. That's a heck of a Thank buck, you. buddy. A heck of a buck. It's, I mean, he's fat. Just uh, <laughs> big deer. Big deer. Yes. I can't wait to get down to Illinois in December. Hopefully I can wrap my tag around something like that. I'd be very happy. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I want to cover is just my hunts over the weekend. I mean, we were texting, but nobody else yep. really knows. Um, I hunted my place, my 15 acres, for the first time on November 1st. Uh, Thursday morning, we talked about it in a podcast last week. And I just kind of want to give everybody a rundown on how that went. I got up uh, very early, like 4.45 on Thursday and drove the hour and 10 minutes down to the, the property and got in there. Uh, it was north wind that day, nice and cold in the morning. 
Saw some does and some young bucks. So there's one young buck bumping some does around, a couple other young bucks cruising, you know, later, 9.30, 10.30 in the morning. Then it kind of just died off. Uh, Thursday night was a real big rainstorm, that big storm that moved in. I actually got in my, my gun blind and thought, man, I should go home and, and you know, be nice to the to the wife and put some kid time in because I'm going to be hunting all weekend. And I, I stuck it out anyways, though, and, and ended up seeing, like, 15 deer in the pouring rain. So that was kind of crazy. Um, you were getting me pumped up when I was driving out to the farm. Yeah, you're yeah. Seeing, you are seeing deer like crazy, so that was great. Yeah, they were, you know, like I said, young bucks again, but uh, they were moving in the pouring, gusty rain. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, so I, I never count any bad weather day out now ever again. I mean, I've seen some big deer in the worst weather ever, and I think, like, the nastier it is, the more amped up I get to hunt. It's just, you know, a sunny Saturday afternoon, like, makes me mad because everybody's out blowing <laughs> their leaves and cutting their grass and deer aren't moving and... Yeah. You know, it's just, here in Michigan, that's the way it rolls, at least. Well, it makes it a little bit better when you get a box blind to sit in, too, which I know yeah. you just put your first box blind in, right? Two? Two yeah. box blinds? Well, two platforms. One uh, one I put one of those terrain porto oh, yeah. porta potty blinds on. It's literally just a plastic thing. Um, it's not bad for the money, but uh, that, it kept me dry, and I was very happy about that. And yep. then the other platform... I put a, a soft-sided blind on way in the back of the property, and it's right by the, the big swamp. And so Friday morning, I get back down there again in the morning. I hunt the food plot edge, um, back in the cover off the food plot a little bit. Same same story as Thursday morning, just uh, does, young bucks, um, cold, north wind, same deal. I'm like, all right, well, all these bucks are heading back into the timber, and... There's no, nothing mature out here in the open. I'm going to get back in there tonight. So I went back in there early. I went back towards that blind, probably halfway between, uh, halfway into my timber. So my timber is like eight or nine acres of lowland, flooded in the spring, kind of dries out in the fall, but just deadfall and treetops and everything else. I mean, it's just hard to find a climbing tree because they're either dead or crooked or or what but I went back there and set up and it was a nice afternoon and I the does are, are moving I, I climbed up a tree and a button buck got out of a, a deadfall like 50 yards from me had no idea I was there as I was climbing at like 2 in the afternoon so that was kind of cool mm. um, gotta love those button bucks huh? yeah they're just so dumb they're the dumbest <laughs> animal in the woods man uh, yep and he literally he, yeah he's be surprised if some somebody doesn't put him on a plate. But so I'm sitting there, and all these does are filtering out of the swamp and coming by me and feeding and grazing, nibbling on all the native browse and whatnot. So I'm like, all right, I'm in the bedding area. They're moving early. Now they're not moving far. They're just kind of milling around. This it should be good. Well, I hear some water, you know, some crashing through the water, and I look up, and about 85 yards out, I see a big, you know, eight or nine point rack. Uh, right on the edge of where my flooded woods meets a very, very thick marsh. Like, it's right where my buck ran into last year, and it is just thickest stuff I've ever been in. Um, I see a flash of antler, and he kind of heads off into the marsh a little bit. So I'm excited. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to work his way around out there and come, you know, following all these does. Well, 
he disappears. I'm sitting there. All the does are still around me, so I can't call or do anything to alert them. And th- then the does finally move into the food plot, way back behind me towards the vehicle. I'm sitting there. All right, well, maybe I should call. Nah, I'll just be patient. You know, don't, don't screw this up. And well, here's crashing behind me. Here comes a doe and like a four point from the food plot. And they're running side by side. I'm like, hmm. is there a dog out there? Like, That's something, not right. Something spook them? <laughs> yeah, like, it's worrying me. Why are they spooked? Well, she was hot. And she had her tongue hanging out. And he was trying to get in front of her everywhere she ran. He tried to cut her off. Mm-hmm. So he was chasing her. And they're doing laps through the woods underneath me, by me again, and I'm just videotaping it all, and here comes another buck coming in, and now they got her, you know, both sides of her, like a dough sandwich. I mean, it felt bad for this yeah. dough. It's like, she's snorting They've got her off in November, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. These deer are like serial rapists, you know, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, you know, on both sides of her, and she's snorting at them, and I'm like, oh, she's not blowing at me. She's She's upwind, and they take off into the, the deep swamp again, and I look, and that shooter is coming out of the swamp, running right by that blind I told you about that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. right after those other deer. So I'm, I throw my, my grunt at him. Um, he kind of looks, but he's like, you're not the real thing. I'm out of here. And, you know, there's a <laughs> female over here. Those, right? Yeah. yeah. And so he, he ran off, beautiful, beautiful deer, probably a three-year-old, um, probably 130, 135. Yeah, I saw a picture. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I think nice that's deer. the one, the, the trail cam picture I posted. I think that's the one. Yeah. Um, nice deer. I passed him as a two-year-old last year right under my stand. So it's cool to see that he was bedded on my property. Um, that, that was very cool considering I'm the smallest chunk around. Uh, a guy to the north of me has... 60, guy to the south of me has about 55, and, you know, guy across the road is 40. I'm this little 15, and he's better than my 15. You know, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, You're doing something right. I'm trying, man. I, th- I think that has to do with some, maybe some of the low pressure. I, I hadn't sta- I hadn't gone in those woods at all. I kept it like a sanctuary, like you said, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, until the right time. And problem was, I think I'm, I may have went in there too early because now they're gone. I hunted there again Saturday night. Didn't, I saw one deer, and then uh, Sunday I kind of changed directions and hunted back in a transition on the north end of the property and uh, saw a few doe, but but no other bucks. So either they weren't back yet from chasing that hot doe out in the swamp, or um, they just, you know, it wasn't quite late enough in the rut yet to where they're all cruising as much as I'd hoped they would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the first through the fourth, I was kind of hunting it hard, and, and uh, you know, I had some great hunts. I thought of a lot of different things I wanted to work on in terms of habitat and saw a nice buck. So, I mean, it was a great weekend, but... Uh, yeah, you were on him. You know, I just didn't didn't connect like old Sam did, so <laughs> I was trying, but... Right. Well, you know, just know that uh, all the bucks in that area know where your thickest part is. So, even if you blew it with that guy, there's, there's plenty more out there that know that there should be does bedded up there. So, next weekend, it could be a totally different buck come through, right? So Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Hopefully, um, you know, not too many of them hit my access trails on the way out after dark. And uh, we got some rain Sunday and again today, yep. so hopefully it should all be washed clean now. Yep. And um, some cold weather moving in, like you said. So This weekend is, is the weekend we live for. So what are we down to, 
25 lows. Yes, sir. And, yeah, uh, I saw 24 some, for me. Some, some snow flurries on Friday, so uh, couldn't have timed that any better. So get in the woods. Yep, to everybody who's listening, if you're not uh, hunting your aggressive, thick bedding area stands, uh, PSA from Sam and I, get out there this weekend. There's a big cold front moving in, and uh, that's where you want to be. So, Sam, anything else from you, buddy, before we uh, wrap this game plan episode up? I don't think so. I think uh, we pretty much hit, hit everything we need to hit. So, uh, thank you very much for, for letting me on the episode. I appreciate it. Hopefully, um, hopefully we'll have another one here soon. I, like I said, I've got that nine and a half year old buck we've been chasing since 2012, named oh, Eeyore. Wow. And if, if he ever hits the ground, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate. So, I hit him with an arrow two years ago and uh, just sliced the bottom of his belly. So he's he's doing fine, but he's a giant. So. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen pictures and. You are more than welcome for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for listening to me uh, babble on about my uh, my weekend out at the 15. Absolutely. You Good know luck. What? I wish you luck this weekend as well. And uh, Thank let's you. keep in touch. So. All right. Another game plan episode in the books, guys. I wanted to thank Sam one more time for coming on. He shot a heck of a buck. And uh, I just love hearing about your farm, man. It seems like you guys are doing a heck of a job up there. Um. For everybody who's listened for a long time and brand new, thank you guys so much. You know, we love it. We love the feedback. We love the reviews. I've been getting some good reviews, uh, and I've been sending out some details to those who leave them. So thank you for that. Uh, Tim and Kyle recently. Appreciate that, guys. If you guys haven't yet, go check out the Habitat Podcast YouTube channel. There's a link on our Facebook. be the easiest way to find it. Uh, Brian's been putting up a couple videos so far there. We're going to keep you guys posted throughout our hunting season and our habitat season. So follow along there and please subscribe. If you want, please check out our website at habitatpodcast.com. You can subscribe with your email address there. It will give you all the greatest deals and updates on stuff before anybody else gets to see it. So you just go on the website. It's right on the homepage. You can submit your email address and we'll take care of the rest from there. Uh, you guys want to hear more podcasts from us, you can go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, anywhere you can get a podcast, we should be on. Uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, etc. If we're not, let us know, and I'll get on there. Um, you know, We just want to thank you guys once again for coming on. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Habitat Podcast, Instagram at Habitat Podcast. We can't forget to thank our sponsors. The Packer Max line of Call to Packers, the Habitat Hook from Nations Creations, and our newest partner, Killer Food Plots. Check them all out online, guys. Get out there, enjoy your woods. Thanks for tagging along as we become better habitat managers.